Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Green Bay game is over. Now it's time to talk about what happened in the game. What went right? What went wrong? Who's to blame? It's time for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University. Their commitment to education goes far beyond the classroom. Lakeland.edu. Your hosts for the show, Dan Plucker and former Packers running back Gary Ellerson on the Big Show Radio Network. Packers win 17 to nothing at Lambeau Field over the Seattle Seahawks. It's Dan Flucker and Gary Ellerson hanging out after the game in Green Bay. Had a little bit of technical difficulties. Toby did a great job filling in. He told you maybe Sparky's coming in. We weren't 100% sure what was going on. Now we got it all figured out. And me, Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson, hanging out with you, celebrating a Packers 17 to nothing win over the Seattle Seahawks. And Gary, it was not a pretty game. That was an ugly game that we just witnessed at Lambeau Field. Uh, super boring in the first half. And then it picked up. And I think if you think about it, uh, Russell Wilson, what, has he been out for about four weeks? Exactly, yes, with the um, finger. And he sailed a lot of passes. I mean, at some point, they were throwing balls. There were nobody around him. I don't know if he was throwing them away. A couple of times, there were players open, threw it over their head. So he had a rough start with that finger, rightly so. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming off COVID, no practice time at all. Right. So maybe that makes sense that the offense was off. And that's why I said before this we were doing – our confident, concerned, and curious, and all that, and and my well, I was confident about when we were doing that. It was AJ Dillon that I thought that he'd be the MVP of the game, and and so I think that bears out that you thought they could run the football a little bit more because of the time that Aaron Rodgers really had to spend uh, with the offense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think at the end of the day, good to get a win, right? Uh, the bad thing about this, if if there's injuries, that's going to continue to keep players out um, for the Packers. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, to move on from but they got a bye week coming up soon for sure and A.J. Dillon you were talking about him he had a great game today 21 carries 66 yards and two touchdowns on the ground and then that big 50 yard reception there in the fourth quarter for uh, two receptions and 62 yards so over 100 yards on the day for A.J. Dillon who really stepped up after uh, Aaron Jones came out of the game with an injury there in the late third quarter so the Packers had the guys that they needed to step up and you're talking about Russell Wilson too struggling a little bit that he was uh, and it was partly because of the finger, definitely, but also the Packers' defense was incredible today. They they stepped up left and right, I felt, and the pressure was getting home to Wilson all day. You know, what they do, they're very disciplined. I, I think 
probably for the first time in a long time that I've seen a defense this disciplined. They don't really get beat over the top. They keep everything in front of them. I, I think there was a pass I saw. I don't know if it was DK Metcalf caught it in front of Kevin King. And he tried to juke him a couple times. Kevin King didn't move. He just stood his ground. Normally, years past, you see guys try to go after their first move. They miss. They break out the back door and they take it to the house for 60. This, you see guys are very disciplined in what they're doing. Is they, They're trying to keep everything in front of them and make the tackle to almost a zero gain if they can. And they've been able to do that. Now, if you want to talk about the pass rush, I mean, the pass rush have been consistent, but Rush, Russell Wilson in this game was able to get outside the pocket a couple times. you got to keep him in the pocket the best you can. But still, I think for as a discipline standpoint, this probably been the best disciplined defense that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and and that's a great point. And and a couple weeks ago, you know, beginning of the season, everybody was freaking out about Joe Barry's defense struggling. We haven't heard a whole lot of that recently. He's done an excellent job, whether it's it's the guys on the field, which is kind of crazy because you think Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, like they've been out for weeks at this point. And those are probably the two best players on this defense that they've been without. And you just have to think how much better this team could possibly get going forward when those guys do come back because mm-hmm. they're, what, a top five defense in the NFL right now well, without those two guys. Yeah, they so be. that's pretty shocking from what we saw the first two, three weeks of the season, Gary. Right, with the turnovers that they're getting too. I mean, you got a great you got a great play out of Kevin King today. You got, got to give it up to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he played well. Um, and you talk about the pass rush. I mean, the pass rush. And, and early on, we talked about the front line. We talk about Lancaster. We talk about Kenny Clark, uh, Kingsley Kiki. We talk about those guys, and we thought maybe that was enough. But those guys in the interior are playing very, very well. And that allowed guys like Devondre Campbell, those guys, to get loose and go make tackles. So Chris Barnes as well. So those guys are playing really, really well. I, I just love right now the communication mm-hmm. that they have right now defensively. And, and they're just not giving up the big play. If you're going to score, you're going to earn it. Yeah, and that's what was different about last year's defense compared to this year's. Because I feel like so many times last season, it was a big play that wound up losing the Packers the game. You know, Mm -hmm. I think back to that Saints game, which I think they ended up winning, where they played without Devontae Adams last year. And Alvin Kamara had big play after big big play play. in that game and just little dunk-offs underneath. Mm -hmm. And and then, of course, you go to the NFC Championship game and everybody remembers Scotty Miller beating Kevin King and, and what that was. Today... Kevin King intercepted one of the top quarterbacks and mm-hmm. wide receiver duos in the NFL, a mm-hmm. pass intended for DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. and Kevin King came down with it. Like, we're seeing these slight adjustments of playing it safer, I feel almost. And Mike Pettin's defense was rather safe, but Barry is almost like safe to the extreme, I feel like, but it's working. And, and they're taking advantage and being patient in different situations and not freaking out in the different scenarios. And today, they were lights out from pretty much start to finish. The first shutout of Russell Wilson's career, I mm-hmm, believe, mm-hmm. today against the Green Bay Packers. Quite an impressive performance. It's Dan Plucker, Gary Ellison hanging out with you after the Packers win 17 to nothing over the Seahawks. You can call us at 855-830-8648 or tweet at us at Big Show Radio Network. Steve in Germantown gave us a ring there, and he is now on the Big Show with us. Steve, how's it going? Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty good. Good, Steve. Uh, yeah, you guys hit the nail on the head. Ugly game in the first half, but the way I look at it, this defense is playing real confident, and that's what you need to go to the playoffs, Super Bowl, whatever it is. Offense will catch up. I mean, Rodgers didn't practice for a good 10, 11, 12 days, whatever it was. They'll get back on their feet. 
Uh, the running game, let's hope Jones is okay. He looked, I mean, he was on the bench after that injury, so hopefully that's good news. But, man, A.J. Dillon, what a workhorse that guy is. What a pickup. I mean, if you can get him going in the colder months here, that would be a real big weapon for this team going forward in the playoffs. Defense is playing great. Confidence is at a all-time high. Eight and two, guys. I mean, this is a good, this is a good start to the season. We're, we're rolling right now. I like it. Absolutely, Steve. Thanks yeah. for the call. And and it's a great point because, I mean, I, I wanted to bring it up on this show before the Aaron Jones injury, so it's unfortunate that Aaron Jones went down. But but while I'm sitting there in the 35-degree weather at Lambeau Field watching this game go down, and I'm seeing A.J. Dillon carry after carry, it seemed, just bulldozing guys over, picking up 6, 7, 8, 10, 12 yards, like every single carry that he had, I was like, my goodness, for how, how good Aaron Jones is. He's, what, a top five back in the league. At what point do you turn and you just say, listen, A.J. Dillon might be better? No. Per, per carry, no, picking up that kind of yardage, though. Like, A.J. Like, Dillon better than who? Then Aaron Jones. No, we, we're not going to go there. I, mean, I don't know why – I don't know if Packer fans – yeah, they do. I don't know why Packer fans try to – I would say pit – the teammate against another teammate, and they do this kind of often. I think each one of them are different in in themselves. Like, and you don't have kids, but you love all your children, and there are positives and negatives when you have children, and you don't try to compare them to each other. One kid may be good in math, one kid may be good in arts mm-hmm. and crafts in the arts. And then you go, you don't compare them. They may be at the top of the class, but but they're both different. Like AJ Dillon would be more like the math guy, the 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 the, the potatoes, the the meat and potatoes mm-hmm. part. You know, grind it out, hit you, boom boom boom, knock you over, run you over. Aaron Jones is more the arts and crafts guy, creative, mm-hmm. catch the ball. I don't know AJ Dillon catch the ball, but but, <laughs> but a little bit right. more creative. You can split him out. You can do stuff. I mean, you can see all the creative things he can do. No, he can no take doubt. it to the house. I mean, he paints a portrait where you look at A.J. Dillon's a little bit different. So I, I think what you see is that they complement each other very well. They do. Now, we don't know how long Aaron Jones is going to be out. We hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did Adam Yeah, Schaffer Adam says, Schefter said it was a yeah. sprained MCL, so, and they're going to be doing some more research on it. And that's normally four weeks, maybe, if that's the case. Then A.J. Dillon get a bit low, but I get, get some more carries. But I, I think both of them – I think make each other better. No doubt. And it, and the creativity that you get from both, you get from the other, but they're not the same. I guess I phrased it poorly because what I meant to say is at what point does Dylan wind up getting more touches than Aaron Jones in a game because he fits what Matt LaFleur's offense wants and what he wants to do with that offense a little bit better. Those those yeah. chunk plays that Aaron Jones is is capable of where he can go and, you know, all of a sudden be 50 yards down the well, field yeah. and breaking away from the secondary. Yeah. Yes, that's what you get from Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. but for what Matt LaFleur wants to do, these little like short attacks whether it's, you know, the little dump off passes or screen passes that we saw a bunch of today that worked excellently or you know just punching it right up the gut with a guy mm-hmm. like AJ Dillon I almost feel like that's what fits LaFleur's offense a little bit better than what Aaron Jones provides no, but they both no, they both no, obviously no, are excellent back. no I, I don't I disagree with that okay we don't know what fits we know what works we don't know what fits I think as a coach you got to be creative enough to find out what a guy can do and not make him fit your system. If I got a guy that's like Aaron Jones who has a rare talent, if I'm a great coach, 
I need to figure out how to incorporate that in my mm-hmm. offense. Vice versa, if I got a guy like A.J. Dillon, and, and, but I don't want to run it like three, four, five, because they don't really, I mean, they, I think they're running about 50% right. of the time. But if I really don't run it a whole heck of a lot, but I got a guy like that, I got to figure out how to fit him within my offense. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, to me, you're, you're trying, as a, as an offensive coach or as a head coach or as an offensive coordinator, you have unique situations from all your guys. You just got to try to figure out how to make them a team and fit them in within your offense. Absolutely. We'll continue this discussion after the break here. Packers win 17 to nothing. It's Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the win here on the Green Gold Post Game Show on the Big Show Radio Network. Listening to the Big Show Radio Network. The Green Bay game is over. Now it's time to talk about what happened in the game. What went right? What went wrong? Who's to blame? It's time for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University. Their commitment to education goes far beyond the classroom. Lakeland.edu. Your hosts for the show, Dan Plucker and former Packers running back Gary Ellerson on the Big Show Radio Network. It was an ugly game, but the Packers win 17 to nothing over the Seattle Seahawks. And they get the job done when it matters most. Fourth quarter, they really showed out, scored two touchdowns, got a turnover, did everything right in the last few minutes of the game. Right after Gary and I exit Lambeau Field to get over to the studio here. So while we did not see it, most of it, we are still talking about it. And we know what happened in the game, clearly, with the Packers winning 17 to nothing, moving to 8-2 and two on the season. And now, as Toby astutely pointed out in the break, in first place in the NFC North after the Cardinals fell to the Panthers today. So you are now the first place Green Bay Packers and fans across this great, beautiful state of Wisconsin are listening to me and Gary Ellerson, myself, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the game, after the Packers win 17 to nothing. And Gary, it was, it was like I said, the, the first three quarters were, were not the best quarters of football that we've seen, especially not from number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Well, it wasn't, and I, I, I was just going to chalk that up to being gone for 12 days or however how long he was gone away from the team and not really having any practice. A lot of people think that, you know, these guys can turn on and turn off. Now, don't get me wrong, I still think he gave us the best chance to win the football game over Jordan Love, so I'll take whatever that is. But I think that's why you saw them struggle offensively like you saw them today. And they just really don't – there weren't any real continuity with this offense today. And let's just talk about Mason Crosby. I don't know what's going on with him, but whatever it is, they got to get it figured out. Now, you know, because as we're at the game, it's mm-hmm. tough to see the laces, the turn of the ball and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to have to rely on the callers to call in and let us know actually – what went down? You got a, a new long snapper. I don't know if that snap was right 
hold. I don't know if was hold was right. I mean, so there's something not right right now with Mason Crosby. They got to get figured out. Yeah, for sure. And and thankfully, I mean, he got that chip shot field goal in, and then two extra points after missing the early field goal on the first drive of the game. So he did. They 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 at least sorted it out a little bit and and had a couple of converted uh kicks one for a field goal in the second or first quarter and then uh the two extra points in the fourth so so a little bit maybe hopefully a little momentum building there after Mm -hmm. the struggles from last weekend to start this game but you're right the special teams uh not necessarily shining yet again this well let's 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 call it what it is let's just say the field goal team right now that's fair Right? Yeah. Because I thought Amari Rogers caught the ball. Yep. Well, ran, ran okay. He's still not right to me. I'd like to see a little bit more wiggle out of Amari Rogers. I'm not really getting that from him mm-hmm. right now. But let's just say he fair caught the ball. He caught the ball. He did all those things well. So I was okay with the part return you specifically Amari Rogers today. Yeah, and and Corey Bjorkes has been excellent. Like his his punting today was very strong, and and I feel like he he's always been, punts well. Yeah, he's his been problem consistent. is he just can't hold it. He can't hold a football. Yeah, that's been the one issue he's <laughs> had this year, I guess. He's punting well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a great move by Brian Gutenkus yeah. to get him in here. Yeah, no doubt. 855-830-8648 to join me, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellerson after the Packers win 17 to nothing. And we were talking about Aaron Rodgers not really looking right. Well, he still was 23 of 37 for 292 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. But there were just different situations. And a pick. And, a pick. Uh, and there were just different situations. No no touchdown. He had just the one pick. But, I mean, when we're, when we're sitting here and, and thinking about Aaron Rodgers and the great things that he's done throughout his time with the Packers we've seen peak Aaron Rodgers and and when you know he's right and today there were just a couple of different throws and and different situations where I could point out and be like okay Aaron Rodgers is is not right today like you said it's probably because of the practice and Mm -hmm. not being on the field and Mm -hmm. and and it's to be expected a little bit but and the game plan too so what ends up happening pluck because you kind of know what plays you're going to run in practice Mm -hmm during a game. So you practice those plays during a game against the defense that you know you're going to see. He didn't do that all week long. So True. you you get into a rhythm, okay, I know this guy's going to be there, he's going to sit in there. So I know what play, even when the play breaks down, you still have some sort of semblance mm-hmm. of where you're going to go when the play breaks down. And so he had n- none of that all week long. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and not only that, but it, it felt like – situationally like he was not very aware and maybe it's because of not being and practicing against the defense uh several times throughout the week and getting in that groove like I think on consecutive plays I believe it was in the red Mm -hmm. zone in the third quarter where uh he threw a ball way behind Aaron Jones and had he let him a little bit it would have been a touchdown right and then the very next play yes he threw an absolute duck like Mm -hmm. I feel like that that situation specifically Mm -hmm. that's not uh, a game plan I mean correct me if I'm wrong no that's not a game plan thing that's him just panicking a little bit which yes. is so weird for us to see right from aaron Rodgers in the red zone and you said the one the interception yeah the when interception. he threw it up to the, yeah. the girl to, yeah never never does never that. see that never way not like him way off script never because he was falling down and right. just throws it up i don't know what he saw maybe he saw uh, the in the end zone by himself but he wasn't 
Right. And and maybe and yeah, you don't see him throw 50-50 balls. Now, you see him throw 50-50 balls like Devontae Adams, but not to really to anybody else. Right. And so that's that's where I was kind of surprised at that situation Agreed. with him with him making that sort of mental mistake mm-hmm. in in the red zone. And that's where I where I kind of feel like maybe a couple of the things were mental along with the the physical of not Agreed. being in practice all week. Maybe it was a, a little bit of an off day from Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. on top of him not being being at his peak level today and and it was it didn't matter in the long run because mm-hmm. they wound up winning especially because of more or less the awful day that Russell right. Wilson had on right. the other end right. he also threw two yes. two interceptions in the mm-hmm. game was 20 of 40 for 161 yards so it's not like he, oh, he was, was much awful. better throughout the game either well you knew he was going to be a little rusty and, and even more so coming off a, a finger injury mm-hmm. which you know You've got to figure. You got to be able to grip the ball and throw the ball. And I forget what finger it was, but still, it was on his throwing hand. The release, yeah, the release of I mean, which finger it was, but the, the release of the ball, if it's your long finger, it's really tough because that's I think that's the last piece that leaves your finger. So I think that will be tough to do too, and try to figure out how you can get the ball in the right spot. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that was definitely a part of his struggles throughout the day. And like I said in the last segment too, you have to credit the Packers defense today. Whitney Merciless before his injury was all over the quarterback all day long. Kenny Clark up the middle. I mean, He's this, this is the first man. time I've I've been to Lambeau Field, seen the Packers yeah. in person. Yeah. And it was incredible. It was an awesome experience. Uh-huh. But every play I was just like Kenny Clark, my goodness, he's blowing up either the center or the center and the guard, depending on the different blocking schemes from the offense, and just getting through every single play. Russell Wilson's first step you ready for this? outside of his three- or five-step drop was always back because Kenny Clark was in his face you, all game long. You ready for this? Yeah. Let me tell you who it reminds me of. Who's your mind? This of? might be before your time. Okay. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Jerry Ball. Jerry Ball. I don't know Jerry Ball. I'm sorry. A little bit before my time. You're right. I'm I'm saddened that you don't know who Jerry Ball is. I, sorry, I really am. As a 24 year old, I don't know who Jerry. He's Ball probably is. the best nose tackle. Okay, I would say. Although Danny Salomua was pretty good too, and they had both of those guys at the same time. You have no idea who Jerry Ball is. I don't. I'm so sorry. Who did he play for? G. He played for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> That's pretty bad, isn't it? That's very. Bad. <laughs> He's probably the best nose tackle. That they've ever had, okay. And, and Jerry Ball wasn't very big, but was just super explosive and just could disrupt stuff and get to the football. I mean, he was absolute. I mean, Kenny Clark. Now that I think, he reminds me a lot of Jerry Ball, athletic. No, you know, you know, because you you see some of these nose tackles where they're like these huge mammoth mm-hmm. size. Yeah, like Vince Wilfork yeah, is and, what a lot of yeah, people think of. Clark, when they think he's nose not tackles. that. He's mus- muscular. He, he's muscular. But he's not this massive body. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's quick. He's got great uh, leverage, lower body, good leg strength. That's how Jerry Ball was. And he just make a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. And I think that's who reminds me a lot. Now, if he could have a career like that, we'll be – you don't know who Jerry Ball is. And if he could have a career like that, we'll absolutely be incredible. I mean, I, I think Jerry Ball even made like two or three Pro Bowls. Really? We'll look it up when we for get sure. to For sure. 855-830-8648 to make fun of me for not knowing sure. Jerry Ball. It's mm-hmm. Dan Plucker, Gary Ellison, hanging out with you, talking to you about the Packers. 17 to nothing win over the Seahawks today. Neither quarterback looking very no. well, but the Packers defense stepping up and the offense – Making plays when it needs to. A.J. Dillon, an excellent game. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers. And we'll hear more from you at 855-830-8648 next here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. 
Border to Border, the Big Show Radio Network. It's Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson hanging out with you on the Green Gold Post Game Show presented by Lakeland University here on the Big Show Radio Network after the Packers win 17 to nothing, shutting out the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Who would have thought it? This defense really showing out in H-Bomb tweets at Big Show Network and says, I think that was the first time in like 10 years where the defense has won a game for the Packers. I don't know if I would go that far. 10 well, yeah, years. Well, well, no, if you th- think of it, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember, but I would say you feel good. If the offense is right, mm-hmm. you feel good about the Packers getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you just do. How can you not? Right. I don't. And this is the first time in a long time that you can think that you had a defense that can get you to the Super Bowl. I mean, all before, it's been all about offense, right? It's been all about how much Mike McCarthy and offense could score, which set up the defense. Right now, this defense really doesn't need the offense, it feels like, to score to make them better. Like, the defense that they used to have, mm-hmm. if they couldn't get up, if the offense couldn't score points, couldn't get up, that defense couldn't hold. Because that defense was so good at rushing the passer that when they had the lead, it forces them to make those plays and they get picks, interceptions, and fumbles. Well, this defense doesn't need you to score points. Prove that out tonight. Yeah. They can get you any kind of way. So. To me, I, I don't know about 10 years. What did he say? It he said it was 10 years. He said that this is the first time He's in 10 just, years. Sometimes people just write stuff on Twitter because they can't they misremember. <laughs> but I can't remember 10 years. If you just think about 10 years ago, though, mm-hmm. they have had, I would say, more talent on defense than maybe this team. Well, at least, at least uh, uh, name brand, right? Right. Charles Woodson. Um. Julius Peppers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Clay, Clay Matthews. Matthews. I mean, they had some name brands that everybody knew. And this, I mean, because even look Clay Matthews, borderline Hall of Famer, if you look at his sack numbers. Yeah. Julius Peppers is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. Charles Woodson is a first ballot Hall So name brand. If you look at the guys that they have right now, I don't know if they need Hall of Famers. But on that defense. I mean, maybe Kenny Clark. We were just talking about him. He he might be on that trajectory. Yeah, he's got to do more. He's got to do more to get in there. But right now, I don't I don't see right now any Hall of Famers. Like sure, you're right. Like first ballot, first Hall, of ballot Hall of Famers on the defense. I agree because I was, how good Clay Matthews is or was. He's not a Hall of Famer, but his numbers puts him like a little a notch below that. Mm-hmm. Most certainly. Yeah, but they but this this team does have a lot of great talent and maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe for the first time in the LaFleur era, the first time in how long, there's not a major weakness on the defense. Like you start in the front the Well, you thought it would be the secondary. Yeah, and and instead 
this year without Jair Alexander, Kevin King has stepped That's up, what I'm and saying. everybody wanted Another Kevin King deal. gone. Gone, yeah. Uh, Razul Douglas has stepped Where up. Where did he as come well. from? Yeah, exactly. And and Stokes, the first round pick today, yeah. mm-hmm. he made a great play. I believe it was in the second quarter where Russell Wilson was going to the end zone. Right. Tyler Lockett, one of the fastest players mm-hmm. in football, right. and Stokes keeps up with him step for step and mm-hmm. knocks the ball away and man right. coverage like. Right. That's spe- that speed you can't teach. Can't teach. You can't teach speed. And right. Eric Stokes showed off a bunch of speed today where, to the point where I was sitting next to um, our affiliate in Green Bay, WDUZ, Marcus Eversall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was sitting next to him and I said, man, you know, the Packers have such return issues. Have, has Eric Stokes ever been a return man? I'm sure he has. Because a, guy, a guy with that kind of speed, you, you'd have to probably think. have to look him up, most certainly in high school. So, like, would you ever give a guy like Stokes a shot at that, seeing that Amari Rodgers Well, if, he, if he hadn't done it in college, you probably don't want to go back You don't want to go back. Okay. That's too far because you have to practice it. But right. Well, catching Amari, punts is one of the I hardest I thought Amari Rodgers played well. Yeah, and I caught punts. Did you? I didn't know in that. In high school and in college. And it's, it's tough to do. But if you haven't done it, you don't want to throw him out there like that, but I'm sure he probably didn't because th- those guys know when you're the best guy on your high school team, right? You do, you do everything. everything. <laughs> you know yeah. how that is. Pluck. Yeah, yeah. I, you I know how that is. I played tight end, yeah. fullback, running yeah. back, quarterback yeah. in high school. I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I fashion you more pluck of the move tight end, more like Josiah Degura. I, I fashion you as that H back move type yeah. of That's tight end. That's pretty much what I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, lead, you know, if I have to do your little lead, you know, lead up inside, extra blocker, you know, yeah. leak out in the flat, you know, those types yeah. of, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I did pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But I, I got handed the football a little bit yeah. more. You yeah. can look up my high school stats if yeah. you want. And, They're and not it, that it, impressive. And it feels but. like it feels like you the type of joker that had the big neck roll on, too. I'm not, I always wanted one of those. Yeah, we didn't thought, have those at our and high I, school. And I, fashion, I feel like you the guy <laughs> that had the cut-off T-shirt on so you can show your abs. Probably had like, I didn't have that. Yeah, you I, did. Did. I never had that. You probably had like tape wrapped around your finger and stuff. No, you know? never any of that. Yeah. I had a shoulder brace because I like almost dislocated my this shoulder guy, knee brace. But I, I always wanted one of those shoulder neck. Brace. I always wanted one of those Big neck, neck pads. Rolls. Oh, yeah. those things are oh awesome. God. Yeah, shoulder I always brace. wanted one of those linebacker and tight end yeah. H back. That's kind of what I did. Yeah. So. It would have fit. It would have fit. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight to join me, Gar- me Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson hanging yeah, out with you true. after yeah. the Packers win seventeen to nothing. We're talking about the defense. Like just look over the last couple of weeks. I mean, they held the Bears to fourteen. Mm-hmm. Then they held Washington football team to ten. The Cardinals, who had the best offense in football at that time, and Kyler Murray and and DeAndre Hopkins and. AJ Green and all these guys, twenty-one points against the Packers, which isn't—it's not a little, but it's not a lot either. Right. It's not what their rate was at right. that point. Now, right. obviously, with Colt McCoy in, mm-hmm. their offense has fallen fallen down a cliff a little bit. But it makes sense because they don't have their quarterback or their number one receiver the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Then even the Chiefs last week, thirteen points, like, and and then today a shutout. They they they're continually progressing and getting so, better and forcing turnovers. This defense, like you said, Gary, it's been the missing piece to a Super Bowl team for so long in Green Bay, and, and now it, it feels like right. th- this is it. Like, this is their chance. So who is Phil Yates? Do you know him? Phil Yates, he works for ESPN. All right, can I read you his, t- his tweet? Please do. The Packers defense faced Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson over the past three weeks. Their combined stats, 62 of 110, 50, 56.3%, 601 yards, one TD, four interceptions. That's unbelievable. Those guys that they faced, 
You're right. Three three of the premier quarterbacks yes, in the NFL. Pretty much. With pretty much Murray, who was an MVP candidate, yes. Mahomes, who's perennially yes. an MVP yes. candidate. Yes. Maybe not this year. He's been struggling, but a little bit still this year. perennial. And and Russell Wilson, yeah. who should have received an MVP vote at some right. point in his career and has right. it, but a, a first ballot Hall of Famer right. whenever he gets there. Exactly. Three dudes. Mm-hmm. Three dudes. Four picks and one touchdown. Yes. Six hundred yards. Yes. That's amazing. Unbelievable. Yes. And that's without Jair Alexander. Mm-hmm. That's without your best cornerback. And Kevin King hurt most of the year. And and not only, I mean, not just the quarterback. Well, he's missed like two, think, three games Think already. of the wide receivers, too. Yeah. DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett. Oh, with that, Hopkins. Hopkins were hurt, though. He played for some of the game. Yeah, he, he played for hurt. some of it. And then Tyreek Hill. Like, these aren't. Tyreek Hill is healthy. <laughs> these aren't nothing yeah, receivers no, to go along with no. those quarterbacks. And that's what they've been able to do. And they've been able to shut down mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and today, I mean, Metcalf was locked up all day. Like, he, I don't remember any major significant plays for DK Metcalf in this game. He had, like, a yeah. few, like, okay, like, 14-yard right. reception. You kind of expect a couple of those. Mm-hmm. But three catches for 26 yards today. And Tyler Lockett, two catches for 23. Yeah. Two dudes that Crazy. are almost hanging around 100 receiving mm. yards every single every game, single it game. seems. Right. And the two of them combined had less than 50. There you go. That's unbelievable. That's how well they've been playing. You have to That's give the it. Packers defense yeah. just an un- right. like, just be, ridiculous be, amount of credit. It'd be nice to see where they rank here on Monday, after Monday's games, all the games yeah. come through. How can they get a hold of us here? You got a phone number? For yeah, me? 855-830-8648 to join me, and me, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellison. I almost called my, myself Gary Ellison for the second time today. Well, you don't want to be me. <laughs> You don't just, think so? Nah. You played in the NFL. I didn't even sniff. Yeah, the I'm, NFL I'm broke. Team. I'm broke up. You don't want to be me, cuz just stay Dan Plucker. That knee in that back. Oh, my back. It's my back. Is that a song? My back. My back. Yeah, something but, like uh, that. Toby but knows. What I don't. It is. I don't know if that's the one's appropriate yeah. for Air G. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. As the Packers win seventeen to nothing over the Seattle Seahawks, move to eight and two on the season, and now we believe claim at least for the time being claim first place in the NFC above the Arizona Cardinals, who fell today to the mm-hmm. Panthers. And we gotta see what these injuries are. We do the injuries to uh, Gary. Sean Gary merciless went yeah. down and Aaron Jones, Jones went those, down. Those I mean, are three big injuries. Added all added right. to the list, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's three it's kind injuries. of ridiculous. It is. And and Gary, we haven't touched on this yet. They're they're eight and two, maybe top of the NFC. Without Jair, as we kind of just went over, mm-hmm. but also without Zadarius, mm-hmm. without Bakhtiari coming back at all yet. Which yeah. does that seem weird to you that him brought him back yet? Yeah, it does kind of feel a little weird. But like you'd think at but here's the deal. This point he would be back. They're eight and two. Exactly. Why push it? Maybe. That could very well that's be the, what but they're that, thinking. That's how the Packers think. I mm-hmm. think they're eight and two. Why push it? Well, and it's not like every game Rodgers is getting terrorized by defensive lines <laughs> either. True. Like the Packers have done an yeah. excellent job mm-hmm. keeping him upright. Mm-hmm. Billy Turner bumping himself out to right tackle like right, he has done. Right. He's played very well. No, no, right tackle. Right tackle. Right. Elton You're Jenkins. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have praised mm-hmm. Elton Jenkins all season long. Mm-hmm. And then the guys in the interior, you know, mm-hmm. Josh Myers and is hurt all, too. And they're all young even... guys. They talk about Josh <laughs> Myers. And the interior is all young guys mm-hmm. in there. You're, you know, well, Patrick, Patrick has been around for a while, but you look at Royce Newman, you look mm-hmm. at, I mean, Runyon. Runyon, you've got some younger guys, you know, rookies, second year guy. Runyon's been here for yeah. a couple of years, but you still got relatively young guys on the interior there. It it 
it's almost unfathomable how they continue to do this, how they continue, how the Packers continue to find Mm -hmm. starting caliber offensive line talent and not even in the first couple rounds of the draft. Like most of these guys, middle to late picks, Elton Jenkins, a second round round pick Runyon, I think was a fifth or a Mm -hmm. sixth. Mm -hmm. Like, it, plug and play almost yeah. on the offensive line. And and then they sign a guy like Billy Turner. Billy Turner is almost uh, Elton Jenkins 1.0, I guess you could say. Because nah, he can I move mean, him around a little he, bit. Well, yeah, yeah, That's that what way, I yes. mean by that. Not, yeah, not in he, terms of talent. His, Elton Jenkins is on a different yeah, level. He, yeah, he, cause he, he can play guard if you need yeah. to. And then last year he played left tackle when Bakhtiari went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And I'm kind of curious where the Packers put The Jenkins. Packers did a good idea. Great idea by them this year. Say no. We're not going to put him, Billy Turner out at left tackle. We're going to put Elton Jenkins out yeah. there and flip him over to right tackle. I think that was a pretty good well, move. And now I'm kind of interested to see what happens when Bakhtiari does come back. Mm-hmm. Where, or How do they reshape in this offensive Well, I think line? Jenkins goes back to guard. You think so? Yeah, then you have a strong side. Your left side be your strong side. And so you have an opportunity to run a lot left. So there'll yeah. be a left-handed team. And you're protecting Aaron Rodgers' back mm-hmm. better than maybe any other quarterback yeah, is up. protected in yeah. the NFL. Because yeah. Bakhtiari, no we all it. know when he's healthy, right. is a top two mm-hmm. left tackle in football, mm-hmm. not two. And right. then Elton Jenkins being, I mean, just the absolute stud that Correct. he is yeah. at left guard as well. Right. They've got a special offensive They really line. do. Uh, let's get one call here before the break. Tony is in Texas. He is now on the Green Gold Post Game Show. Tony, give us your thoughts on the Packers win. All right, Plucker. Hey, good to see the Lions got a tie today. At least not a loss. <laughs> not a loss. Oh, 16 and one. Here we come. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Gary, do you remember when the schedule came out and all the pundits that, that uh, win loss this season before the year? The big bad NFC West was supposed to knock us off in every game. Yes, yeah. Green Bay is three and zero against them right now. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, hey, Gary, I got another question for you, real quick. Does Jordan mm-hmm. Love win this game? And I'll hang up. Thanks. Uh, well, I put it put it this way: if the defense pitches a shutout, yes. Aaron Rodgers didn't play his best football today. Yeah, it was it was rather pedestrian. So yeah, I, I I would say yes. Now if Rogers was on fire and yeah, you know he even threw a pick today. This defense, if it plays like he played today, yeah, Jordan Love could win this game. Yes, I would say yes. I think so too. But if you saw another Aaron Rodgers where Aaron Rodgers put the whole dog on team on his back and he's Aaron Rodgers, he's that guy. No, they only scored seventeen points. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're asking me, can can uh, can Jordan Love score you ten? Yeah, ten nothing they win. Can can Jordan Love get you three? Three nothing they win. Can Jordan Love get you ten? Ten nothing they win. So in this particular game, yes. But if Rogers doing one of those crazy Rogers things that he's doing and carrying his team, no, because Jordan Love can't play at that level right now. Agreed. And and I'm I'm not in a position at all where I would be comfortable starting Jordan Love. Every single week. But I, I did think. not want Jordan Love to play today. There were some people thought that maybe he should play today, give him one more chance. No. We we go into the Super Bowl, she's going to be with 12. Let's let 12, if it's last dance, we do everything with 12, everything he wants, let's ride this out. Mm-hmm. So be it. If he leaves after this year, it's his show, his thing. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, and like you said on the big show we'll earlier this Love week, out next year. And, and like you said on the big show earlier this week, win the damn thing. Win like, the damn thing. Let's win this damn thing. Right. So if, we if stop it's going to be the last around, dance, let's do it. It's going to be last dance. Let Rodgers do everything he needs to do, and then let him ride off to the sun. If that's what it's going to be. 
And then either way, when if you got a new quarterback next year, you're going to struggle. Aaron Rodgers won six games the first year he started for the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love may be, well, probably will be the same thing. Although I like this offense better than the offense that they had with Mike McCarthy. I think it's easier for a quarterback to Stephen, operate. Yeah, and maybe he would have a better defense than Aaron Rodgers and, and had in the first couple of years. Correct. Yeah. 855-830-8648 to join me, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellerson here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. We'll hit a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear from the big man, Mr. Thighs, A.J. Dillon, next here on the Green Gold Post Game Show on the Big Show Radio Network. Wisconsin-wide, the Big Show Radio Network. A shutout from the Green Bay Packers. They win 17 to nothing over the Seattle Seahawks. It's Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the big win that puts the Packers, as we sit right now at this moment, first place in the NFC without so many talented players. And now maybe that list continues a little bit. Aaron Jones goes down. Reports coming in that it's a sprained MCL in Jones's knee and they're going to do further testing on it. A.J. Dillon meanwhile stepped up in his stead. 21 carries, 66 yards and two touchdowns. Two receptions for 62 yards as well. Let's hear from the player of the game honestly now here on the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Yeah, the first one, uh, you know, I really wanted to redeem myself from last year, and so I just kind of put everything I had into that vertical there. And, uh, you know, luckily we had a bunch of fans to you know, support me, but I was about to take a nosedive in another stance. <laughs> so early in the game, you got you got stuffed on a couple of third and short runs. What did it mean to you to get the call third and goal in the three there and the old felt really good, uh, you know, just – that I had that trust uh, from the coaches and you know the guys in the huddle uh, to get my number called again in that situation. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I hate any any running back. You know, you hate getting stopped. Um, so it was good to get back out there and get him, get the chains moving, get a touchdown in those short um, short yard situations. When you get in that, I think that first one kind of just the pile just kept moving forward, forward, forward. How do you? Keep your balance, and what do you do from just a vision pad standpoint in those situations? Yeah, something I was I've really been working on. Um, you know, looking at the tape from last year, a point of emphasis for me uh, was really like running below my pads, uh, not running up so straight. So in those situations, you know, having good pad level really helps keeping the ball um, or keeping your legs moving, uh, stuff like that. But I also know I had a couple of times where the big old linemen were pushing me along too. So you know, it's always great when you got their help. What's worked for you the past couple of weeks, catching passes out of the backfield? I'd say, uh, you know, just practice. Uh, you know, I really have been, you know, that's something I really wanted to work on here too, uh, coming in, just being able to, I was talking about being an APB, all-purpose back. I really want to be somebody reliable in every situation. So, you know, I've just been working on it. Uh, you know, I got Aaron Jones to, you know, teach me a lot of the stuff. He's, you know, done so well in the past game, so he's really been teaching me um, a lot. Hey, Jay, have you been able to visit with Aaron? And, you know, you may now be asked to kind of be the lead dog here for a while. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, when he uh, first uh, exited the game, uh, he looked at me and said, get the job done, finish it off. And, uh, you know, that's like my big brother on this team. You know, I love him to death. So, you know, for him to, you know, like I said, believe in me, that trust um, was great. And like I said, uh, I wanted to finish it off for him and the team. And, you know, we got it done as a team. Aside from being more involved in the game plan, just going from year one to year two, what have kind of the biggest differences been for you? I'd say uh, confidence. 
you know, really kind of feeling like I belong. Uh, I feel like that's something that's been building each week to week, especially this year. Uh, you know, even um, when I'm having, when I had a bad game or when I messed up being able to bounce back, um, I kind of have that next play mentality. That's something uh, that honestly I wasn't the greatest with and I'm still working on, but you know, I think, you know, having chances where, you know, things don't go my way and then, you know, kind of self-correcting, I think practicing that has helped me, you know, keep building my confidence throughout. AJ, you talked about individual confidence. What's the team confidence like? How would you describe it? I think the team confidence is, uh, you know, amazing. I think uh, we have a team where you can look around the locker room and I always talk about the leaders we have in this team, um, of both sides of the ball and special teams. Um, we got leaders um, and vets and even guys that haven't been here that long. Um, just kind of grinding and you know if you look at our season you know we've had so many games where we're neck and neck or we're behind and we find a way or people are out and people have to step up and things like that and I think that just kind of speaks to the team we have the culture and uh, you know it all starts down all starts from the top you know from the coaches um, and then obviously uh, the vets and the leaders that we have that's kind of you know our standard uh, to play for one another. How much has the defense taken the pressure off your offense, just the way they performed, especially recently? I mean, anytime uh, you can, you know, play that well on defense. These last two games, for for sure, just ring out. Um, they've been playing so well, and uh, you know that as an offense, it's always great to get the ball back um, and have as many opportunities as you can to, you know, get a chance to score and put up points. Um, but like I said, that kind of one of those things where you look across the locker room, no matter what what scenario it is, you trust those guys in defense to get the job done, vice versa. So it makes for, uh, you know, great team confidence. AJ, was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers tonight? Uh, Just like old times? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback to ever play this game. So, you know, he is uh, for sure uh, Aaron Rodgers doing his thing. And, uh, you know, it's great to, you know, just follow his lead. Um, he, he's a great leader. I keep keep learning every week. I learn a little something better, a uh, little, little something uh, from him. and. You know, it's really awesome. What's the process like in earning his trust? Uh, you know, I don't have it <laughs> down to a T or anything like that. But I think, you know, he's been around the game for a long time. He's seen a lot of great players. Uh, I think it's just, you know, consistency, I would say. Um, but that's kind of the name of the game. I think consistency and growth, and that's something I've really been trying to work on um, as the games go on week to week, practice to practice. So, you know, I'm working on it. Did you know Elton was going to jump with you? <laughs> and uh, what was that like sharing a with him? I didn't know that he was uh, going to jump up there with me. But, you know, uh, this week in practice, I had a run. And uh, I slipped and I, I bumped into him. And, you know, that, that was perfect for us to both get up there. That was like, uh, you know, uh, I got his back for that one. So that was awesome. I hope somebody got a really good picture of us up there. I'll, sign, I'll send him a picture. <laughs> with grinders like the last two weeks, it seems like you guys have to maybe value every possession just a little more. How difficult is that to kind of stay locked in and just take things play by play instead of letting things snowball when it's, you know, tough sledding offensively? I think, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak uh, through my time being with the Packers. Uh, last year, uh, obviously I was behind Aaron and Jamal, and I didn't, you know, necessarily get in the game or get the ball in my hands as much. And so I feel like that taught me, you know, really how to cherish those opportunities, how to make the most out of them. So for me, um, you know, whether I'm getting a lot of carries or not, or we're starting off hot or we're not, I'm kind of, I was used to that last year. So I feel like that, you know, the silver lining of that really taught me how to, you know, take each play, uh, not take it for granted. 
Back to the leadership thing. Um, Matt LaFleur is very matter-of-fact with us. He doesn't really give us much. Have you learned anything about him the last even couple of weeks from the win at Arizona to everything you've been through? Anything that stands out behind the scenes leadership-wise? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a player's coach. Uh, you know, he's one of the, I don't know how to, I, I guess, put it into words, but he's kind of one of those guys, you know, that step in the huddle. He demands a lot of his players, um, but he also, you know, puts us in the best situations to prosper. Uh, he'll take the time to, you know, for me, obviously, big change from last year to this year is getting in the receiving game. Like, one thing that pops into my head is him taking the time to break things down. When we got a whole offense going, but he'll pull me aside and be like, hey, this is how you can do it. This is how you can improve. Um, and that's how he is with everybody. And so, um, and all our coaches are like that, but <clears throat> especially him, the head coach, um, I think that kind of, you know, just kind of shows the group that we have. And I'm honored to be a part of this family, for real. AJ, when do those um, screens really come in handy? Um, I mean, twice, I think Aaron Jones and a couple of, <laughs> was it consecutive plays? I don't even remember, but they were pretty close. You got big gains. What does that do to the defense and what is it? Yeah, I mean, anytime you can get an explosive play or a chunk play like that, it's huge, uh, especially in this league, especially against great opponents. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Aaron had one, which he ripped off an explosive, then we had a playoff, and then he did it again. And, uh, you know, a testament to him and the offensive line out there blocking with him. But, you know, like I said, like any play, uh, anytime you can get a bunch of positive yards like that, that really uh, kind of ignites the spark in the offense, gets everybody on the sideline going. Um, it's awesome. AJ, speaking of uh, explosive catch and runs, uh, can you take us through your 50-yarder from the start to when uh, 17 comes and hits you one more time at the end of it? Yeah, I uh, kind of had my protection first, and I was to leak out to the flat. And, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I stayed in bounds for sure, keep the, keep the time going, and, uh, you know, I tried to make a man miss, and then uh, as many people as I could miss and just keep going, I'm trying to score. Uh, obviously, that's, uh, you know, the goal on each, each play. But, you know, that was nice to, you know, give us a big chunk play and, uh, you know, happy to, you know, get the team uh, that momentum to go down there and then we scored on that drive. So it was awesome. Yeah, A.J. Dillon seemed to do absolutely everything right today when he was on the football field. He had 21 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns, and then two receptions for 62 yards to go along with it. He was breaking down that big reception that he had uh, early in the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter that kind of set up a scoring drive. He did a great job today, was probably the MVP of the game for the Packers offense at the very least, and was huge after Aaron Jones went down with what, Adam Schefter is reporting an MCL sprain. I think a lot of Packer fans will be okay knowing that that's the guy that's stepping up if Aaron Jones is out for a little bit longer than what they're initially uh, projecting. It's Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson, Gary Ellerson hanging out hanging out with you on the Green Gold Post Game Show after the Packers win seventeen to nothing. We'll hit a quick break. You can join us at eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. But we'll hit a quick break first and come back with the first score of the game that comes up next here on the Green Gold Post Game Show. You're listening to the Big Show Radio Network. Who scored first? Was it a big play? It's time for the Schulze Family Beef first score of the game. Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality Wisconsin pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. They now have the field goal try that's been an adventure recently, but Crosby, good from 27. 
There was the first quarter of the game for the Green Bay Packers today. And for three quarters of the game, their only score of the game as Mason Crosby and the whole kicking unit finally got it down and put a ball through the uprights. It capped off a, what's see here, 14-play, 82-yard drive that kicked out six minutes of that first half. And Crosby... As for as much struggles as they had, even missing a field goal earlier in the game, they finally got one in and maybe a little bit of a confidence boost there, G. I hope so. Um, but I still think if they don't get it right, it's going to cost us in a very critical situation. So they have uh, a, a huge I, – I talked to Chester Markle today. Okay. Do you know who Chester Markle is? I do not know who Chester Markle oh is. Can God. you please uh, can you please enlighten me? I don't know. Maybe somebody can call in and tell Plucker who Chester Markle is. We're going to have Chester Markle on the show. Great. Uh, sometime next week. All right. And, you know, earlier last week we had Chris Jackie on. Yes, we did. And so we're going to have Chester Markle on. He has said some really great, some inside information that you need to know about kickers. So Okay. Um, we'll talk to him a little bit about Mason Crosby and his struggles and what needs to be done and some stuff that he saw. Okay. That's, uh, that's, you know, probably not correct and all that, those types. Okay. Cause I, that's I, great. I don't, I don't know. Cause I never kicked before in my life. Did you, did you kick at all? No. And, yeah. No. I never punted. I never kicked. So I don't even know what all that, I do know it's a big operation. Yep. For the snapper, holder, and kicker, a That's, lot can go wrong. It's a lot. What looks seems and looks and seems like a very simple play. A lot can go. wrong. A lot can go wrong. Pluck. So Chester Marco is going to come on and explain that to us. And if anybody that listen to us right now, what's the phone number? Plug eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. They can call us, and you guys can tell Chester, uh, tell Daniel Plucker, who Chester Marco is. I would just say, uh, we. Dubbed him the Polish Prince. The Polish Prince. Yeah. So he must have been a really good kicker then. I'm not saying. <laughs> Did I say he was a kicker? No, but I oh. can put the puzzle pieces oh, together. You're, if you're saying oh, things you're that uh, Mason guy. Crosby you're, was you're was struggling guy. with, you're I think I I can guy. put the puzzle pieces together smart and dude. say that he's a kicker, Gary. Smart dude. But and you oh. also mentioned Chris Jackie, who I know was the kicker during the Roy Butler's guy. day and age so with the Green Bay Packers. Well. Even without the kicking, it was a problem last week, and today they did miss a field goal, but they also converted the last three attempts that they yeah. had. The, kick, the field goal mm-hmm. there that we just heard, and then mm-hmm. the two extra points. So right. a little bit of, a, hopefully, some positive momentum for that trio, including Mason Crosby kicking one through the uprights. Stan Plucker, Gary Ellerson hanging out with you on the Green Gold Post Game Show. More coming up next as we continue to wrap up this game. Wisconsin Wide, the Big Show Radio Network. The Green Bay game is over. Now it's time to talk about what happened in the game. What went right? What went wrong? Who's to blame? 
It's time for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University. Their commitment to education goes far beyond the classroom. Lakeland.edu. Your hosts for the show, Dan Plucker and former Packers running back Gary Ellerson on the Big Show Radio Network. It's a shutout. The Packers shut out the Seattle Seahawks, shut down Russell Wilson and win 17 to nothing at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. It's Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson hanging out with you after the game in the Green Gold Post Game Show presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. And Gary, let's dive into this one. Let's dive and in. And the course of this football game because... Not a lot, not a whole lot went down in the first two halves, and then a bunch went down in, or the first half, I should say, and then a bunch went down in the second half, where we saw a couple turnovers, a couple touchdowns, and that's really where the game uh, boiled down to the result of a seventeen nothing win for the Packers. We'll start off with that first drive of the game. The Packers get the football, and it's a seven-play, forty-one-yard drive, including. A uh, big catch for, by MVS. He cooked a, a corner, just absolutely mm. destroyed a corner on the left side of the field. And Aaron Rodgers found him deep down the sideline, and he gets 41 yards on that play. Um, and then the offense kind of stalled a little bit once they got into plus territory and even into the red zone. And it resulted in a 42-yard field goal attempt for Mason Crosby. And we all knew the struggles that he was having. And here is what happened when he lined up for the, his first attempt on the day, kicking into the wind. 42 yards for an opening drive field goal. And Crosby's kick is wavering no good. It's almost like you were telling us it just hasn't been great lately. You're right. It's just a little bit off lately. Yeah, just a little bit off, and the ball carried over to the right side, right outside of the right post, and he missed. And and we're all thinking it, oh, boy, this again. And that wasn't even close. I mean, his misses are, like, bad. Yeah. And he normally doesn't. So that's how, for me, I can tell that something fundamentally is wrong with him. Now, if the ball is headed down the middle and it drifts over to the right a little bit, then you know he probably mishit it. But when he missed it that bad, something is not right. Because Crosby's a, a, a good kicker. Yeah. Much better than that. He's He's been, you know, Packer fans know and love uh, Mason Crosby. Right. And he has not been typical not, that's, that Mason Crosby yeah. this year. He's, right. I think that was his seventh miss of the season already. Is it really? I think it's something like that. It, wow. It's not been pretty for Mason Crosby. Then mm. the, tre- the t- two teams on the field traded punts. Three and out, four and out, five and out, three and out, three and out. And then the Packers take over again uh, right as the first quarter ended. Took a 14-play, 82-yard drive, including some big runs from A.J. Dillon on that drive who really helped them move the ball down the field. And Mason Crosby trots out again for a chip shot, something that I think a lot of Packer fans are like, okay, if he misses this one, we've got a big issue. But thankfully, this one went in. They now have the field goal try that's been an adventure recently, but... Crosby, good from 27. Packers defense back out on the field. Shut down Russell Wilson and the Seahawks again, forcing, I think it was the fourth or fifth punt of the first half for Seattle. So lots of ugly offense for Seattle. And they take an 11-play, 49-yard drive down the field. Some a nice play to Devontae Adams down the middle on a slant. A couple more runs and a penalty moved them into uh, Seattle territory all the way down to the 34-yard line. And 
they had a chance and they decided to go for it. Fourth and two, and Aaron Rodgers throws an incompletion to Alan Lazard. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, he got absolutely annihilated by a mm-hmm. Seahawks defender. Yeah. He came up a little bit slow on that play. Game. Yeah, and Rodgers kind of threw him into that. Normally he doesn't do that. That's yeah. how you know that Rodgers was off just a little bit. He normally doesn't take players into hits like that. Yeah. And that was the second time already this game because on the first drive mm-hmm. he threw a ball at Devontae mm-hmm. and Devontae and got took crushed. him into a hit yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And he, normally doesn't do that. He went off Very to the rare. sideline, had to get his jaw checked. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw on the television screen while right. we were at Lambeau too, right. and I was just like, man, that that you're right. That's mm-hmm. not something that Aaron Rodgers usually does. Right. So we go into the half. And it's three to nothing, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. on a game between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, right. I know they're both coming at off. one point. At one point in time, the two best quarterbacks in all of the NFL. Yeah, and and I know they're both coming off of injuries slash right. COVID, mm-hmm. and but still a surprise to a lot of people. I'm sure we come out of the second half. And uh, two punts for either side. Then the Seahawks take over. They get a little bit of a drive going, and and their their offense is starting to move the ball down the field mm-hmm. pretty well. They get into Green Bay territory inside the red zone, but the Packers defense steps up when it matters, and uh, it was Kevin King who came down with his yeah. big pick. Got to get inside the three for a first. Third down. Pressure from the edges. Pressure. Backs up away from it, goes in zone, and it's intercepted in the end zone. Oh, he dropped it. Oh, he did dropped he? it at the last moment. Kevin King. No, it hit him right in the chest. Did he drop it? Why is he dancing around? <laughs> Neither of us had heard I don't that know, call. Oh, Tony Romo. <laughs> Kevin King does, in fact, intercept it. And I was wondering, too, when watching it, I was like, did he complete the process of the catch there? You know, that's a big thing in the right, NFL here right. nowadays. But. They said that he did, Mm -hmm. and Kevin King comes away with an interception in the end zone. And Mm -hmm. for as many of you Kevin King haters that are out there, boy, has he stepped up without Jair Well, when when he's available, he plays well. Mm -hmm. His problem is just not available a lot. And so he was hurt a lot in college, and, of course, he's been hurt here in the pros. But when he's there, he plays well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's not at Jair's level because he's passed him up. But, you know, if you've got – if you get just think about it, if you got Jair Stokes and Kevin King, you got really three good corners there. Well, and I think so many people wanted Kevin King gone. Gary, I think he's a legitimate cornerback. Sure he is one of the best cornerback twos yeah. in football, probably. Well, he'll be a three because Stokes gonna pass him up eventually. He may have already. You think so? Yeah, may have already. Because all right, Stokes when he was available. In Arizona, and he had no Kevin King. He covers the best player, and they they they, sure. they rarely do that. Well, and, and the really nice thing about that too is we talk about that star position that the Packers have on the defensive end, and that that could be Kevin King. It could be Jair. It yeah. could be Savage, yeah. Amos, any of these uh, guys of these that could guys. step in, yeah. and, and almost like you know how mm-hmm. you have a rotating door on def- defense and the defensive well, you're gonna line. Be in, you're going to be in nickel a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. I think most teams are in nickel eighty percent of the time. So. Yeah. You're going to need three corners on the field. It's a good point. Well, the Packers take over and take it down the field themselves. Nine plays, 65 yards. A lot more of A.J. Dillon on this drive as well. A couple dump-offs to Aaron Jones. It was pretty much the exact same play twice in a row that drive where uh, it was a little screen pass to Aaron Jones on the left side, and then he ran it for 25 yards. That happened two times on that drive. The Packers get inside the red zone, and Aaron Rodgers does 
one of the least characteristic Aaron Rodgers things that I've ever seen. First of all, he misses Aaron Jones for what would have been mm-hmm. a walk-in touchdown. Right. And then he scrambles outside the pocket and just throws a duck to Jamal Adams in the end zone, gets picked off. Got to rush him with four. And then third and six. Slipping out of the tackle and launching it end zone and he's picked up in the end zone by jamal adams wow yeah and mm. and you're thinking man it's still three to nothing in this game like we just you're thinking at some point russell wilson's gonna get it together exactly slip out the back door do something stupid because stupid plays always happened when we play against the Seahawks. Yeah. That's the, what you thought. Fail Mary, the it, it, just plastic. all kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just all kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And it didn't thankfully the Packers because, defense there you go. was and that's why. Was the difference maker and in this why. one, especially but, late. They forced a yes. three and out right after that interception. And so the Packers got the ball back in pretty good field position, thirty eight yard line, Green Bay thirty eight yard line, pretty close to uh positive territory as it was. Rogers finds Randall Cobb for a couple yards, and then there's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on mm-hmm. Carlos Dunlap that moves the ball past midfield. And then a couple runs by uh, Dylan puts them inside the red zone. And then Dylan finishes off the drive yeah. by scoring and getting into the end zone. Adams coming over in motion. Third and goal from the three. We'll go to the ground. Dylan fighting and backing his way in for the game's first touchdown. Yeah, the first touchdown of the game. And. After an ugly game, things finally mm-hmm. started cooking and rolling for that Packers offense. Take the 10-0 lead, and you feel a little bit more comfortable with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. But still, the mm-hmm. game is far from over. 10 points is an easily uh, surmountable two lead. scores. You felt pretty good, but not all the way there. Exactly. Not, I mean, you felt, okay, pretty good. Because that's two scores. But three scores, Pluck? Uh, we get up and walk out the door. Yeah, that's true. And and thankfully the Packers got there after uh, Russell Wilson takes over once again and continues to struggle using his legs though to get outside the pocket. Picks up a first down a couple of times and then on first and ten from the forty three yard line he's looking deep for Tyler Lockett but Adrian Amos says no. <laughs> Gotta love it. Here's a first and ten. And going for it all is Wilson. End zone, interception. Amos comes away with it. He was trying to find Tyler Lockett, who has been hardly involved at all today with only one catch. And Wilson has his second interception thrown of this game. And now it's time to milk, milk, milk that clock, which is what the Packers did. Bunch of runs to A.J. Dillon on the next drive, and he gets so many carries on this drive, taking it all the way down into the five-yard line, and then he punches it in for his second score of the day. Dillon again. Dillon again. And he crashes across for the touchdown. And that was where we keep saying these plays and finishing didn't start right here with Dylan. They started by the time of possession throughout the game, and it was going to play out that way the whole time on the long. Yeah. 
absolutely mm-hmm. no rush for the Packers there. 10 plays, 80 yards, took up six minutes of the game clock in the fourth quarter, and now up three scores. This one was over, G. I think when you look at back at this game, and we'll, we'll rehash and break it down all again tomorrow morning uh, on the big show, and I think the, the big takeaway from this is just really how good this defense is and how this defense were able to make plays. The Kevin King play, they were driving. They were they, they could have had a field goal. Mm-hmm. They were right there. Kevin King has been uh, been maligned by a lot of Packer fans, comes up and give you a big play. Uh, you talk about this interception down here with Amos pretty much shuts the door. I, I think at the end of the day, I think Packer fans are going to look at how – good this defense is. I'd be interested to see what their number's really going to pan out to Yeah, and we'll here. see you tomorrow on the big <clears throat> show. You can tune in 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Who plays tomorrow night, do you know? Tomorrow night is the 49ers and the Rams. Woo! OBJ making his first appearance with what? the I got to watch so, that. Yeah, it'll be a good game. All right. And we're breaking down this one. Packers shut out the Seahawks. Win 17 to nothing. More of your calls next at 855-830-8648. Still need to be informed about a former Packer kicker. Yes. Yeah, does anybody know who Chester Marco yeah, is? Yeah, we have somebody on hold that's going to be be informing me okay. in the next segment. You'll also okay. hear from Aaron Rodgers. You'll all hear right. from Matt LaFleur. All, all right. that still to come here on the Green Gold Post Game Show with Dan Plucker and Gary Ellerson. You're listening to the Big Show Radio Network. The Green Bay game is over. What was the scoring drive of the game? It's time for the drive of the game. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and smart home technology simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show, presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. It's Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson hanging out with you in Green Bay after the Packers win 17 to nothing. Over the Seattle Seahawks, shut out Russell Wilson in one of the best offenses in the NFL with some huge weapons. The Packers say nay nay, and they win nay, nay. seventeen to nothing. And this huge drive is really what shut things down. Aaron Rodgers just threw an interception in the end zone. The Seahawks take over. They go three and out. So first of all, the lack of a drive there, credit to the defense, but they take over and they decide it's ball game, folks. <laughs> and uh a lot of runs by A.J. Dillon throughout the drive. They also get two penalties that Aaron Rodgers classically draws somebody off sides. Then an unsportsmanlike conduct from Carlos Dunlap moved them into the red zone, and it was pretty easy from then on out. Dillon, a run. Dillon, another run. Dillon, another run. And Dillon again finally punches it in to the end zone, did exactly what he's supposed to do, be that big guy in the red zone that'll pick up a couple yards, and he punches it in for a three-yard score to go up 10 to nothing. And at that point, like Gary said just Mm. in the last segment, you feel a little bit more comfortable about this one and that the Packers might pull away, especially with the way the Seahawks' offense was performing. Yeah, because they couldn't do anything and and were forcing the pass the ball a little bit more. And then that way, you know, you can just pin your ears back and get after the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Let's get out to some of your calls at 855-830-8648. Big Al has been sitting on hold, wants to give me a little bit of in- information on uh, on our good kicker buddy, Chester. Big Al, what you got for me? Give me some information. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Great show. I'm always happy when the Packers win. And um, I've been a fan since the early 60s. I'm an old man in New Jersey. Chester Markle, 1972, the Packers had a great running game with MacArthur Lane, John Brockington. They went to the sure. playoffs, but they the quarterbacks were – 
Jerry Taggy, Scott Hunter, they couldn't throw the ball. They, they won on defense and kicking. They had a rookie who made rookie of the year out of Hillsdale College, little Chester Markle. I believe he led the NFL in scoring, and he kicked him to the playoffs. Wow. And he also, his signature play was a, a game against the Chicago Bears later in his career, went in overtime. The Bears blocked the kick. I think it was Alan Page. It went right to Chester. He ran it in for a touchdown with his thick black glasses and won the game. He he had a lot of substance abuse problems later, but straightened himself out. I read his yeah, book. He did. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, he's a Packer legend, and he knows well, how to kick. Thank you for the information. Yeah, he had the one bar helmet, I believe, right? The classic one. The bar classic helmet. one bar helmet. You can those Google me that. Yeah, you got. When you, see you got the one bar helmet, <laughs> dude. Come on. You know you're you a good remember kid, that, right? Oh yeah. The one bar helmet. Yeah, just right that's across how good your chops. He, that's it. Yep. That's all he had. The one bar helmet, I believe. Could easily fit a and football. And he's right. He had those. What, what was those glasses they call? Was it the Rex glasses? Rex glasses. Sure. They had the little black thing around them in that. Yes. All right. Chester Marco. All right. The Polish. Press. Thank you for the information, Rusty. He's been on hold too. Rusty, you're now on the Green Gold Post Game Show. What's going on, Rusty? How you doing, Dan and Gary? Hey, Good buddy. Rusty. What's up, buddy? I I think uh, for for the kick, uh, if if you've looked at all the previous kicks, the laces have either been back or on the left side. I got the feeling that that he just wasn't wasn't comfortable that it was going to be where it should be, and that's why he pushed that one right to compensate in case those laces were to the left. I think after that, the trust factor got there, and they were okay. I don't think we'll see a problem, to be quite honest, for the rest of the year. Yeah, let's uh, sure hope not, Rusty. Yeah, and and then the other thing is, you know, I know Kevin King does get hammered a lot, and his availability is an issue, but the guy plays. Mm-hmm. When he's out there, he plays hard. He gives everything he's got. He had a hell of a game. And then the other thing, and this is, uh, you know, I guess kudos to Goody. Amos is is a stud, point blank, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. has been, you know, all year long and last year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a wonderful pickup. And, Gary, I want to disagree with you. Personally, I would have rather seen Jordan start this game mm-hmm. from the point that he got all the, the, the reps in practice and Aaron was off. And he was mm-hmm. off for a reason, and mm-hmm. there was probably three or four throws that could have went went to, to to the goal line that he didn't make. And that interception, if you looked mm-hmm. on the right side of the end zone, mm-hmm. he had a receiver standing right on the goal line, mm-hmm. wide open, and he throws it in the middle of double coverage. I don't get that one. And that's well, I mean, I mean that. I mean, we we can go back and pick those plays out with Aaron Rodgers a lot. Rusty, how about this? The 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 last play with against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game, he throws that ball to Devontae Adams. He's got Ellen Lazard coming open underneath at about the two yard line. Right. That's typical Aaron Rodgers. Well, I, I, I I get that, but you know, it's you know, I, I guess it kind of goes back to Clint Eastwood and Magna Force. A man's got to know his limitations sometimes. And, <laughs> I think we went beyond that on this one. That's just, just me. I like that one, Rusty. But, Clint Eastwood but, but, and Magnum hey, Force. I do, have one, one, I do have one question for you. What's, What's that? up, Rusty? Ever, 
seen a personal foul for throwing a shoe. No, never seen no. that one. <laughs> never seen that I'm one. Sorry, no, I, yeah. I laughed for 15 minutes on that Where'd you one. got to? You got to. Yeah, no doubt. Rusty, thanks for the thanks, call. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, weird, weird ending to this game. Yeah, with yeah, Dunlap yeah. and then DK Metcalf mm-hmm. being tossed. It's a lot of hoopla ah, at the that. end of this thing when yep. the Seahawks were out mm-hmm. of it. But the Packers win 17 to nothing. And me, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellerson hanging out in Green Bay after being in the press box throughout the game and, and getting to watch that game, really cool, mm-hmm. really cool experience. The first time I've ever been to Lambeau. Mm-hmm. So I, and technically, I still have not experienced Lambeau because I was right. not out in the cold right. with, with all the, the fans out there who are really well, getting the nitty-gritty of it. I was up uh, in the press box all, all cushy and warm. Did and you get your box lunch? I, I, they didn't have just box lunch. They had the full spread out again. Oh, yeah. this guy. So I had a little bit. There was some fried rice and chicken that was delicious, some salad. I ate that as soon as we got there, and then later on, when it got a little bit later, I was like, I don't want to pay for dinner, so I got some brats. I had a a brat. Had some brats at halftime, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. All right, so they opened it back up. Yeah, they had some desserts up there. Oh, it was great. I was was feasting like a king. Yeah, you were. It was great. Yeah, you were. I'm good for the rest of the Did you call your wife and say, hey, honey? (laughs) Let me back with some of these brats and I'll bring them back. Yeah, yeah, get you some. You have no idea what's going on here, babe. I'm coming to every home game. Hopefully, eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight to join me, Dan Plucker, and Gary Ellerson after the Packers shut out the Seahawks and win seventeen to nothing. We'll hit a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick our MVP of the game. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers and from Matt Lafleur and wrap up the show. That's all next here on the Green Gold Post Game Show on the Big Show Radio Network. Border to border, the Big Show Radio Network. The Green Bay game is over. What player stood out from today's game? Who made the biggest impact? It's time to name the Van Horn Automotive MVP of the game. Van Horn Automotive Group with locations throughout Wisconsin and in Iowa. Family born and employee owned. On the web at vanhornauto.com. You're listening to the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Presented by Lakeland University on the Big Show Radio Network. Adams coming over in motion. Third and goal from the three. He'll go to the ground. Dylan fighting and packing his way in for the game's first touchdown. Dylan again. Dylan again. And he crashes across for the touchdown. Yeah, the MVP of the game. It's Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson. On the Green Gold Post Game sh- Show here, and I think it's a consensus choice. AJ Dillon really stepped up late in this football game, especially in the fourth quarter. Put the team on his shoulders on a day that Aaron Rodgers wasn't necessarily a hundred percent and wasn't necessarily looking like Aaron Rodgers. AJ Dillon really stepped up. Twenty-three total touches, one hundred and eighteen yards, and total yards and two touchdowns for AJ Dillon on the day. Gary, he has to be the MVP, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think, uh, and if you go back and look at my Twitter, I said he'd be the MVP of the game. The, the Twitter post that I actually put you in, mm-hmm. Plugger, yeah, and that he would be my MVP of the game. I just felt like that they were going to try to run him or establish both of the running backs. But I felt after last week they should have ran him a little bit more than they did, and they came back and they corrected that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even as yards per carry weren't the greatest, 
but the number of touches that he's got mm-hmm. was pretty good. Yeah, you can follow him, Gary Ellerson, on Twitter, yeah, at can. Gary Ellerson. You can follow me, Dan Plucker, at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R, at Big Show Network for the show. And also, if you, you miss any of the show, download the Odyssey app. You can use the rewind function, or the podcast will be put up at BigShowNetwork.com when this one's all wrapped up. We're talking about MVPs, the reigning MVP. He stepped to the mic after the game, had a lot of questions to answer answer about plenty of different things here's a little bit of Aaron Rodgers from after the game today hey Aaron how you doing good though um what were the emotions tonight for you you know whether it was coming out for warm-ups pre-game and introductions and all that Uh, yeah a lot of a lot of emotions for sure um good to be back with the guys good to be back at home good to be on the field really uh most emotions from the whole night was probably walking off the field after the game. Uh, definitely got me a little misty uh, heading off. So that was uh, good to feel those type of emotions and uh, good to be back with the guys. Ryan Wood. Hey. Uh, Ryan, you there? Heard you for a second and then. Hey, Aaron, do you hear me okay? Yes. What did you see on the interception? Is that a ball that you just got to eat there? Uh, Yeah, you know, I probably should have kept the original play on. Um, You probably had Cobby in the slot was a better option. than you know, there was part of the play, but – Going back, I probably should have just kept a play on, hit Cobby on a little slant route there based on the coverage. Uh, when I came back, we had a good com- good combination on the backside. Um, but I kind of got grabbed and slipped out of it somehow. Saw, uh, saw Joe there in the back of the end zone and was trying to put it up. Right at the last minute, I was trying to just throw it out back of the end zone, but got kind of hit when I threw it and turned out to be a really bad play. Rob Domofsky. Aaron, why were you misty-eyed after a game in the middle of November? Uh, you know, I just don't take these things for granted. Uh, walking off the field as a winner, uh, you know, it's fun beating uh, beating that squad. We've had some battles over the years, but walking—I just walking out with Preston, who I have so much love and appreciation for—and then hearing that type of response from the crowd was uh, just a little extra special tonight. Hey, Aaron, um, how you feeling today? How'd you feel during the game? Did your, how was your strength and stamina and all that? Just wondering if there are any lingering effects and if, you, if you're feeling good or not so great right now. Um, I felt pretty good for the most part. I feel like I played, uh, you know, fairly solid. I, you know, obviously had the one bad decision in the red zone and probably missed, you know, a couple throws. Uh, definitely uh, third down to Allen. Just didn't throw a tight spiral in the wind there. Um, you know, had him for probably a big gain. Missed uh, Marquez uh, on a on a read. I just uh, couldn't see him. He wasn't where I thought he was going to be. But he turned out to run. You know, the right adjustment on the route didn't get him. Other than that, I felt pretty good. My wind was good. Um, I had uh, got stepped on in the second quarter. Uh, it kind of bothered me a little bit, but I felt uh, you know, wind wise, I felt pretty good. Wes Hadkowitz. 
Hey, Aaron, uh, you know, from a preparation standpoint, what was this past week like for you? And just how did you feel about everything coming out of Saturday, you know, with the game plan and just just where you were at with things? I mean, not ideal for sure. You know, being on Zoom all week, uh, the best thing for me to be prepared is to be able to repeat the plays and practice and and then the walkthroughs. You're hearing them two or three or four times and it becomes kind of second nature. You can almost finish the sentence for Matt. Today, like I told him, pregame was going to be more uh, Ron Burgundy-ish uh, where, you know, sometimes I just got to repeat exactly what's being said verbatim uh, and kind of feel my way through some of the plan. But I feel like Matt did a nice job of limiting the, the uh, you know, long play calls early in the game. There's a lot of run it plays with uh, not a lot of cans or uh, adjustments on them. So I think that made me settle in a little bit. Uh, but, but, yeah, not ideal for sure. It'd be nice to go through a full week next week. Steve McGargy. Going back to feeling misty-eyed, I was just wondering, were you expecting a different reception than usual from the crowd because of anything that had happened the last couple weeks? And also, I'm just wondering, when you go on the road now, do you expect the reception to be any different than it's usually been when you go on the road? I mean, I don't think so. But, uh, no, it's just, like I said, I don't take uh, take these moments for granted. Every, every time you walk off the field as a winner, it's special. And the response is special. And I think it just all kind of hit me there seeing Preston, uh, you know, Preston's guy checked on me every single day, just about uh, during my 10 days away from the squad. So, you know, I just appreciate his friendship and then appreciated the, uh, the ovation from the crowd. Brian Wood. At what point in, in the past two weeks, did you start to eye this possibility as a return? And it, when did that, that become real to you that, that, that you could play in this game? Well, I mean, right when I tested positive, I did the, did the math and, and uh, figured that it'd have to be, uh, you know, one, I'd be healthy. And then two, uh, it'd be one of those weird weeks where you don't practice all week and, and, try and go out and play. I've done that before. I mean, I did that uh, my first year starting. It's Atlanta when my shoulder was killing me. Didn't practice all week, kind of harnessed it up Sunday morning and was able to get through the game. But that's not obviously the most desirable way to go through a week of preparation. But, you know, I stayed ready. I was in all the meetings and and, and in all the conversations, had great phone calls with, you know, the standard uh, nightly calls with Hackett and Getsy and Matt. And So I was in the loop the entire time, but I knew it was going to be uh, – you know, maybe a little bit different uh, feel uh, early on as I kind of got into the plan and then got into the calls. Dave Schrader. Hey, Aaron. First of all, I'm really glad you're feeling better. Every year your goal is to win the Super Bowl, and this year it looks like you really have another legitimate shot to get to the Super Bowl and win it. I'm just curious if after being away more than a decade from the big game, you get back how you'd feel if somehow you're not able to play due to your vaccination status, either as a close contact or another positive test. There's different protocols, vaccinated, unvaccinated. How would you feel if you had to miss that game due to your choice? Yeah, I don't really like playing the what if game. So uh, what I do know is I have, uh, you know, more than two months right now where, uh, you know, my protocol is not testing every single day. So uh, that's kind of the only thing that uh, I'm thinking about. I don't like playing the hypothetical game. Uh, obviously, I'd love to be playing second weekend in February, and uh, hopefully we're in that position. MK Burgess. 
Hey, Aaron, can you hear me? Yes. What can you say about AJ Dillon and him picking up the slack when Jones goes down? Very proud of him. He's, he's a great kid. Uh, he works really hard. He's improved in all the areas that he needed to to become a more complete back. And smart kid, tough. I mean, he ran through unblocked guys on both of his touchdown runs. So not much more you can say than that. He's just a, he's a guy who's become very, very reliable. And, you know, his catch and broken tackles and run down the sidelines to, uh, to get us out of a backed-up situation into their side of the field to put the game away and go up three scores. I mean, that was the play of the game for sure among – I mean, he probably had the three plays of the games with the touchdown runs and, and that catch and run. Larry heard a little bit from Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. When we get back from this break here, we'll hear from Packers coach Matt LaFleur after the Packers win 17 to nothing, improved to 8-2 on the season. Wisconsin-wide, the Big Show Radio Network. It's the Green and Gold post-game show after the Packers get a 17-0 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Matt LaFleur talked after the game, after the Packers improved to 8-2. Let's hear a little bit of what he had to say. Well, it's sure great to be back in Lambeau. It felt like a long time since we've been back here. Definitely appreciate the fan support. I thought uh, it, it's so important to be able to win games in different fashions in this league. And I thought our defense really carried the night. Um, definitely did some good things on special teams and on offense. But anytime that you hold uh, an opponent to zero points, especially one led by a quarterback of that caliber, I think that's a, that's a pretty good night. So I was really proud of just the effort, the execution, and, you know, I know we got another tough game next week against a North opponent in Minnesota. And so we, we will flip the script here shortly and, and move on to the Vikings. Matt, how serious is Aaron Jones' injury and how confident are you AJ can handle that workload going forward? Yeah, I don't, I don't have any updates on Aaron, but, uh, you know, AJ did a great job tonight. He was running hard. Um, how about that 50-yard reception down the sideline? Just his ability to break numerous tackles and I think he I think people are are not going to sleep on him as a as a weapon out of the backfield he's just got great hands and does a great job and um, just runs really hard I think that that's one thing you've seen from him I would say is just his ability to run with behind his pads and lower his pad level and he's running really really hard I think the guys up front did an outstanding job blocking for him. And there were some tough, I mean, we, we grinded out some tough gains. Um, but we knew that going in, especially when they play their single safety defense. Uh, they're, they're tough to run against. And Jamal, you got a guy like Jamal Adams in there that is triggering all the time. And uh, But I, I was really proud of his effort and how far he's come. Now that it's over, how hard was it in hindsight to game plan for this without having your quarterback on the practice field? Do you think some of the disconnect on offense tonight was just a natural byproduct of that? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it was tough to game plan, um, but you're always kind of wondering how it's going to look on game day when you haven't had any reps with him. But we've got so much confidence in his ability to go out there and execute, and I thought that you know there were a lot of plays for whatever reason 
didn't quite work out. And I thought there were a couple plays where we had opportunities where he threw some some great balls and we just didn't come up with. And then there were some where I'm sure he would like to have back, just like there is every game. But um, you know, we knew we we did a solid job in terms of being able to move the football. We just got to finish drives. And we knew you got to give Seattle a bunch of credit because we knew that this is one of the top red zone defenses in the league. And and they did exactly that. We, we had, what, 200 yards at halftime and three points to show for it. So, you know, you got to give Seattle a bunch of credit. I do think that, you know, there's a lot more out there for our offense. And I know we, we expect more out of the offense, there's no question. So hopefully, you know, we, we come back and we're hungry and we, we attack it when we get back to practice on Wednesday. Matt, is there anything you can think of that is the reasoning behind maybe the slow start this team has gotten off to a couple times this season? And then what is the turning point or change that has it going? That's a great question. I mean, that's something that we're searching for. And, you know, obviously we, it, it all starts with us as coaches and myself as a play caller. And we got to do a better job. I mean, we got to make sure that we get these guys ready to go so that when we go into a game, um, we're, you know, we're capitalizing on our opportunities. I thought, again, I thought we had some opportunities there in the first quarter and, and didn't do enough, obviously. Uh, but that's always a good problem to correct when you win a football game. So we'll, we'll look back at it. We'll, we'll look at it tomorrow, you know, hard on ourselves and, uh, and we'll, we'll make the necessary corrections. And we know that this league is so week to week. And you, you just got to be on your A game every week. On your wildest imagination, with all the injuries on the defense, we're here week 10. Could you ever imagine that they'd be playing this good? I know you maybe you'd hope that they'd be good. But could you ever think that they could have been in this level? I was just thinking about this uh, you know, earlier tonight, just how differently it feels from week one and even from week two. Just. But that's such a credit to everybody on that side of the ball. Our, our players, our coaches, Joe Barry, the rest of the defensive coaches, um, really like the culture that we have on that side of the ball. The guys buying in, playing for one another, playing with great energy and effort. Um, it's a it's a big time credit to Goody and, and his staff for, for getting the right kind of guys in here. And I think these guys believe and they're just playing at a really high level right now. Aaron just admitted that he's pretty tired, naturally. He said it's been a long 10 days. What's the plan for him going forward to recover out of this game? Because obviously there's still a lot of season left for him. Yeah, I think, I think our team is tired, to be honest with you. So we'll take a look at that. I think tomorrow we'll have some, some good conversation in terms of myself. I'll, I'll talk to Flea and Giz and our other coaches, and we'll come up with a good plan because uh, it definitely felt like, you, you know, you could feel the energy was maybe a little bit off, um, but we've, we've got to find a way to, to kind of get rejuvenated because there is a lot of ball in front of us, and we know we have to have a ton of energy next week in Minnesota against a really tough opponent, against a, a team that just went on the road and had a big-time win. By week, just a little bit byproduct of that, just how much back to back weeks you guys have had to get to this point. Yeah, I think that absolutely could be part of it. You know, when you have a later buy, that there's so much that goes into this on a weekly basis um, that 
when you get those opportunities to kind of recharge, you got to take advantage of it. So, um, but again, that's still a long ways out, and and we, we got to make sure that we continue to get better and put in the work. It, you know, come tomorrow and and throughout the course of the week to get ready for Sunday. And assuming that um, Aaron Jones is out for a little bit, could AJ Dillon be a twenty-five carry type guy? Can he be? Uh, you know, instead of you having to split backs up a lot, could you just use him like that? Yeah, I think absolutely. But uh, you know, I thought Patrick Taylor when he went in there, he did some really good things. I thought he was running hard and. Uh, he's a guy that we have a lot of confidence as well. So I think each game, you know, we have a different plan for that. But that's something that we'll certainly look at. There's a little bit from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur wrapping up here on the Green and Gold postgame show here on the Big Show Network for Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson. This is Toby Altizer. Catch more reaction to the Packers 17 nothing win over the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show at 10 a.m. Have a good night, Packers fans. Packers improved to 8-2 with a shutout of Seattle. First time Russell Wilson, starter for the Seattle Seahawks, has been shut out. Aaron Rodgers is back for the Pack, and they win 17-0 over the Seattle Seahawks. Have a good night, everybody. You're listening to the Big Show Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.